0: This week we begin the third of the five books of Moses, the book of Vayikra. The theme of this portion and much of the entire book is the offerings and the sacrifices that were brought in the times of the Holy Temple in Jerusalem. I mean, really, could there be a topic that seems more inapplicable and irrelevant to our lives today? We don't have a temple we haven't practiced animal sacrifices in almost 2,000 years. And we'd be hard-pressed to be able to explain or even understand why we ever did in the first place. Hi, I'm Rabbi Yisroel Bernath, and welcome to my daily Torah thought. Today I'd like to share a thought that I heard from my colleague Rabbi Dov Wagner from the University of Southern California. He says, as is so often the case, Hasidic teaching goes beneath the surface and allows us a deeper insight. Rabbi Schneir Zaman of the Adi, the Altar Rebbe, examines the details of our week's Torah portion and the opening verses to find a very relevant and personal message hidden in the whole sacrifice business. Let's take a look at it. It says, Adam ki yakriv mikem karban Hashem." When a person offers from amongst you a sacrifice to God, min ha-behema, from an animal, from the cattle or from the sheep, shall you offer your offering? There are a number of textual oddities in this verse, but let's focus on one. The verse reads, Adam Kiyakriv Mikem, when a person will offer from amongst you a sacrifice to God. Shouldn't it read, Adam Mikem Kiyakriv, when a person from amongst you will offer? Why is the word Mikem? from you, out of place here. As it turns out, maybe that little misplaced words gives us a whole new appreciation of what sacrifices are supposed to be about. So often we understand how important it is to compromise, to sacrifice. But more often than not, human nature leads us to look for shortcuts. Sure, we need to compromise, which is why... The other person needs to accommodate what I need. Sure, I need to sacrifice. So let's find some proxy, some little thing to do so that I can assure myself that I've done more than my part. And that's exactly the lesson from this verse. The word karban doesn't just mean sacrifice or offering. It comes from the root karov, to become close. And so it can be read Adam ki akriv, when a person wants to become close to God, when a person recognizes that he or she wants to engage in a more meaningful relationship with the Divine, Mikan karban lahashem, the offering, the closeness, has to be from you. It's not enough to go through the motions or to expect some external connection to be achieved. It has to come from within How do we achieve that closeness? What is the offering of ourselves we need to bring to God? The verse continues, From the animal, from the cattle, or from the sheep, Shall you offer your offering? Each of us is made up of multiple components. Jewish mysticism talks of two souls, the godly soul, the part of us that is spiritual, the part of us that is altruistic, always drawn to that which is higher and better in the world. If that was the only perspective impacting our lives and our worlds, everything would always be perfect, but it's not. There's also an animal soul. What is the animal soul? An animal isn't evil. There's nothing inherently bad about it. It's not selfish, per se. The animal is just instinctive. It follows its programming, its intrinsic nature. And so it seeks gratification, sometimes instant, sometimes delayed, but it boils down to doing what is in its own self-interest. And it's the same with our animal soul. Within the animal within each and every one of us. It's not bad. It's just instinctive. It's programmed to look out for itself, to seek its own benefit. And that can take many forms. It can be immediate, selfishly looking for instant gratification, like a goring ox, ignoring responsibility and higher values. Or the animal can be more delicate, like a sheep. Its gratification may be of a higher sort, the acquisition of honor, the accumulation of knowledge, and more delayed. But ultimately, the animal is an animal doing what is best for itself. When a person wants to engage in a meaningful relationship with God, it's not enough to study Torah or to pray. It's not enough to worship God with our godly soul. Because in doing so, we haven't really changed anything. Adam Kiyakriv, when a person wants to become close to God, mikem Karban La it has to be an offering of themselves from within. Minha takrivu et We've got to offer the animal within. We've got to engage the animal side of us as well. The selfish and instinctual behavior whether our personal animal is coarse as a raging bull or delicate and timid as a sheep, and ensure that it too is engaged in spirituality. Of course, a person might disappear. I know myself. I know the animal within. How can I ever really think that I can become close to God? That might be possible for, let's say, a holy person. But come on, I know my true spiritual state. And this too is responded to in the text. Adam Kiyakriv. when a person wants to become close, mikem karban laHashem, from amongst you comes the closeness to God. It's up to you. No one but you. There's no magic button that changes the nature of who we are. There's no external circumstance we have to wait so we can engage in our spiritual journeys. It's completely up to us, you and I. Up to us means two things. It means that nobody can do it for us. It won't happen unless I do it myself, unless I choose to engage in the journey and change myself. But it also means that it is dependent just upon me, that if I choose to do it, if I choose to bring myself closer, there's nothing that can stand in my way we so often get caught up in a mindset that our lives and whatever changes we like to see in our lives are caught waiting for something. We always say, oh, when I graduate, when I get a new job, when I find the right relationship. But life doesn't happen at some point in the future. Life is now. And what I will do with my life, what I will make of myself, also cannot wait for some Variable, outside of my control. Mekem. It's up to me. It must come from within me. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, the former chief rabbi of England, tells of a meeting that he had with the Lubavitcher Rebbe when he was a young man visiting in the U.S. My encounter with Rabbi Schneerson was unlike any other, he says. The first half of our conversation proceeded conventionally. I asked the questions. He gave answers. And then, unexpectedly, he reversed the roles and started asking me questions. How many Jewish students were there at Cambridge? How many were actively identified with Jewish life? What was I doing to engage them? This was something for which I was not prepared. I was on a private intellectual quest with no larger intention. I was interested in my Jewish identity not that of others. I began my replay with a typical English evasion. In the situation in which I find myself. The Rebbe allowed the sentence to go no further. He said, you do not find yourself in a situation. You place yourself in a situation. And if you placed yourself in one, you can place yourself in another. My friends, it's up to us the story of the sacrifices, the story of our own personal journeys, our struggles to better ourselves. To do so, we must learn to give of ourselves. And we need to remember that the ability to do so and the responsibility to do so is in no one's hands but our own. I'm Rabbi Yisrael Bernath. Shabbat Shalom. Hi, Rabbi Bernath here. I have some great news for you. My popular four-week course, Kabbalah for Everyone, is available right now for free for the next 50 people who download it. All you have to do is go to www.theloverabbi.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and you're going to see the download button right there. In this course, I talk about the Kabbalistic secrets to relationships, to wealth, to happiness, and balance. This special offer has been dedicated to in loving memory of Ellie Dorfman. I look forward to hearing from you and hope you enjoy the course. Now on to today's episode.